the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on Pentecost Sunday, the church puts words in our mouths. Not just the words of the sacred liturgy, but in particular, the words of the Veni Creator Spiritus with the opportunity to gain a plenary indulgence. Why should we have to pray, come Holy Spirit? Isn't the Holy Spirit always already active everywhere? Yes. Could anything have come into existence and continue to exist without the Holy Spirit? No. But we still must pray, come Holy Spirit. Consider an analogy. Someone you know, maybe you at a point in your life, considered yourself unlovable and unloved. In that state, we, we turn people away. We refuse to believe good things that people say about us. We hurt people without meaning to. We especially hurt the people that do love us, because obviously people do love us. And no matter how much people love us, no matter how many people love us, even if everybody loved us perfectly, that love would not change our heart. We would be beneficiaries of it, of course. There would be nice things that happened to us. But we regard them as things that are uh, disconnected from someone actually loving us. They're just things that simply happen to have happened. And so that soul, obviously created by God's love, ex nihilo, that beneficiary of the constant activity of the Holy Spirit to prepare us to be able to respond to the Word of God, which obviously is benefiting us, still is spoken of by sacred scripture as not being in us. Even in Acts chapter 8, those who had been baptized but who had not received the Holy Spirit. Some Christians play word games the way children play word games with their mothers. You only told me to pick up my stuff in my room. That stuff on the floor, that's not my stuff. Of course, we receive the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of baptism. But there is something unique which we see at Pentecost, which we receive in confirmation, which the Holy Spirit is able to do in every soul, which is properly called having the Holy Spirit in you. Which makes it entirely possible that people have received the sacrament of confirmation and yet still obstruct the work of the Holy Spirit such that only some of its effects are permitted to happen. When that soul who, who considers himself unlovable and unloved asks to be loved, accepts another's love, it's not only an act of courage and an act of hope, it's an act of humility and acknowledging all the unrequited, 
unrequited love that had been coming his way that whole time. And it's a joyful act of humility. With gratitude, is able, is he able to repent of all the love that he's rejected? And then the love of just one, let alone the love of God, changes him forever. We might think of God the Father as the lover and God the Son as the beloved and the Holy Spirit as love. We can know about God. We can know that he created us. We can even know that he has come to us in sacraments. And yet still resist being transformed by that love. When God is a truth who is acknowledged and not also a love that is received, we have yet to become alive. The human being fully alive is body, soul, and Holy Ghost. Two nights ago, outside an event in Washington, D.C., I laid eyes on the most expensive vehicle I've ever seen. In fact, probably the most expensive expensive vehicle I ever know existed. Retail price is $1.3 million. Without gasoline in it, it's a paperweight. The human soul is of far more value, of inestimable value. But without the indwelling of grace, without the Holy Trinity in us, We are food for worms and fit for mockery by the demons. But with the Holy Spirit in us, not just whispering to us, not just laying the groundwork inside of us, but as sacred scripture says, when we actually receive the Holy Spirit and know that we have received him and want to receive him, We are changed like the apostles at Pentecost. For good reason, the church then insists that we pray, and yet insists that it has to be voluntary. And it has to be with your soul completely disposed to God's grace, completely detached from sin. So we'll pray it together now. I would suggest maybe praying it again right after receiving Holy Communion. Because if you're not detached from sin now, you might be detached from sin after you receive Holy Communion. Pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. Go to confession if you haven't recently. And we'll pray shortly the profession of faith. You'll find the words on page 809 in the hymnal. I hope you don't mind if I ask you to pray it in Latin. The indulgence has nothing to do with the quality of your pronunciation. (laughs) Deni creator spiritus, mentes tuorum visita, imble superna gratia, que tu creasti pectora. Quidiceris paraclitus, altissimi domum dei, fons vivus inis caritas, et spiritalis unctio. Te semptionis, digitus paterne dextere, 
turite promisum patris, sermone ditans gutera. Accende lumen sensibus, infunde amorem cordibus, in firma nostri corporis, virtute firmans perpeti. Hostem repelas longius, pacemque dones protinus. Ductore sicte previo, vitemus omne noxium, per te sciamus da patrem, noscamus adque filium, teque utriusque spiritum, credamus omni tempore, Deo patri sit omni, et filio quia mortuis, surexit ac paraclito, in seculorum secula. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.